Bokertov, happiest Friday. Today is the completion day of the story of Adam and Chaga. Again, we have no choice. We're finishing the story. Um, where, did we, where did we get up to yesterday? What was the last concept we left at? It was the concept of... Let's see. It was the concept of the fact that man only begins to have a dialogue with God when he develops self-awareness and consciousness, which is, which is an interesting thing. Man doesn't, even when Borei Olam gave the commandment to mankind not to eat from the tree, there was no dialogue, there was no speech, but then Borei Olam says, where are you? And then man resp- responds to that call and actually is able to have a dialogue with God. But then interestingly, whenever Hashem says, how do you, how do you know that you're naked? Mm-hmm. What does Adam say? Okay? The, right and then the woman the right says, the, the, the snake uh, seduced me and then I ate. And what does that tell you? If we're talking about the, the human condition right now, what is that? This is an obvious one. Uh, what does that tell you about the human condition on a, in a deep way? To protect, to protect yourself. Is that we have, we have individual responsibility won't come easy to these, to these creatures. And we won't be able to take responsibility no, for our actions. No, we, don't want, we are never at fault. And, and, and it's not just in our personal lives. You know, all of these things, these struggles we have in our personal lives, like the inability to take personal responsibility, if you project them out to society, they actually they, they take place on a societal level. So if you were to describe the political situation in the USA today, what would be the, the let's say, the biggest divide between, in the political spectrum? I would say it's whether you're going to ask people to take personal responsibility or you're going to try to take care of people. Mm-hmm. You see, what's interesting is what's happening in politics today is, um, is there, there are people that are in pursuit of being like Elohim, being like God. Right? Based on what we said yesterday, that they desire to be power. like God. Right? The Nachash is getting them. They want the power because it, 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 it uh, helps them cope with their... Mortality, right, yes. in a deep way, and then those people they turn around and they see that the masses are very scared of taking responsibility for their lives. So what do they do in order to get power? Give them free stuff. They promise them things, right, and that's what we see. These two elements are here in the story, so it's gonna be. It's not something that's very easy to overcome. This is going to be part of our humanity, yeah. and for anybody who's going to try to fight it, a to fight the politicians from pursuing power and B, from stopping the people from taking free stuff, it's going to be a real uphill battle because both of these are part of the way we're made up and part of the way we're Actually, created. Actually, our life is based on promises. We keep on promising. What do you mean? I think about it. You marry, you have to promise your wife. So, so in those, in those things, that, that, those, those oaths are, are because the Torah rec- recognizes the difficulty of personal responsibility, it encourages, it, it sets a framework around which you have to really be good and, and actually take responsibility for your life. When are the time, yeah, it gives you the time you when know? you have to do these things. Yeah. The, these things are at times whenever your things are changing and you have to take, you have to, right, the, the, the covenant of marriage is because you have to take care of the woman. But the issue here where he's immediately um, p- pointing to his finger on, on, his, on Chava and then Chava blames the snake, it co- goes back for yesterday when you were saying how... They were ashamed uh, of what they, they did. They, no, they, no, but it's not even a shame. They, if, if, you, if they're trying to be the, like, a, like a, they have like that God complex or they want to be like a God, yeah. so 
they're the moment that they admit that they did something that maybe was wrong, then they're not godly anymore. They're not perfect. Interesting. So maybe, Interesting. Maybe they're they're like, what are you talking about? That's why it's in his nature. To they say, definitely. So they no, definitely. No, it's not me. I'm, I'm perfect. I, I and by the way, remember this. I, that's kind of what we said about the, the the covering of the sexual organs was that the snake tells them you're going to be like God, and your eyes are going to open, and then their eyes open, and they are a little bit like God, but the snake forgot to mention that you still are going to have all of these animalistic desires that are pulling you down. Wow. So it's like you see their shame in the fact that, and that's why, by the way, why God focuses on their nakedness whenever he asks, where are you? Mm. How do you know that you're naked? Because that, that is the number one thing that is, that is the flaw in the project. It's the, it's the flaw in us. It those, are those animalistic desires that are pulling us down and stopping us from being like God. Right away. Right, right. away. Yeah. Right. Okay. So... So, um, so the woman says, the snake seduced me and then I ate. Now, God turns to the snake. We have to start understanding the punishments. Too bad. Who, who is the person who keeps asking about the punishment? Leon? Leon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Leon, Leon has to, he'll walk in. He'll walk in any minute. Okay. So God says to the snake, because you did this, you are cursed from all the animals and from all the beasts of the field. You're going to go on your stomach and you're going to eat dust all the days of your life. So... The snake's punishment is the one that's probably the hardest to understand. I think, I think uh, and this is a little bit conjecture, I think it's this, the, the idea is to take the snake from being a human part of the body. You know, like in the metaphor, it's, it's, the snake was standing and it was like human. It was standing and it was like, it was like human. And the, the, the part, you know, the, the idea there was to tell us that, that that's, that's part of you. That snake is, is something that's talking in your head. And then, um, so in the story, or in the metaphor, the snake then loses its legs and it becomes like externalized. Or like it loses its, uh, it loses its humanness or something like that. It's, it's a little, the, snake, the snake's punishment that I, I haven't fully uh, figured out. Um, but what, what, what is interesting though, what is very interesting, is there is something there about snakes in our in the collective unconscious of the human of the human mind that snakes always represent evil do anybody know harry potter mm -hmm. yeah why is it that slytherin their symbol is a snake and what does voldemort look like a snake and what is voldemort walking around with nagini is a snake um a snake, a snake. So, so if you go into psychology, but also, also to medical, Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, the snake. Also, yeah. not only that, he's. Uh, yeah, but why? Why is that? Wait, wait, wait. Why did he use that to heal people? Because the snakes were was, biting, were killing people. Yes, it was the same. The same. Yeah. Uh, meaning, meaning, even the Torah, what causes the death of all these people is the snake. See, I've been stalling on the snake. Until you, you came. You know, I don't know about the punishment. Just mentioned it. <laughs> I've been, no, I haven't slept all night, and now I slept yeah, yeah, over slept. I, I, I haven't slept. <laughs> because I punished. I didn't sleep also, so I'm also. I, I, I also none of us. It seems like none of us have slept. Okay. Um, so, so there is something very, very. Thank you. So, do you, do any any of you any of you know the the psychologist called Young? Young. So Young was a student of Freud. He wasn't. A, he wasn't. Was he didn't. Student. He didn't. But no, no, it's, no. it's J U N G. Uh, um, he wasn't a. Uh, he didn't buy into all of Freud's theories. He actually deviated from Freud's theories. But he he has this. One of his things. One of his very deep ideas is that there's a there's this concept of a collective un unconscious, which is basically 
certain mental frameworks that all humans share, whether you live in Nigeria, in China, or, you, or the United it's States. The it's all the same. And he said, sometimes when you see something that's a recurring theme in so many cultures, it means it's something that's inborn in the nature of mankind. Yes. And one of those things, I believe, is a snake. A snake representing evil. And maybe one of the things here is that the, it says, the, I will put hatred between you and between the woman, between your descendants and between her descendants, meaning human beings and snakes will have this fight. You know, fight. what you're saying is very true because they did, I think there was a study or a test like this. Even if somebody's never seen a snake in his life, scared. if they put a snake in, they're scared. automatically naturally yes. scared. That's interesting. I didn't know yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, fact. Yeah, this is yeah. innate, naturally. Like you've never seen one. You don't even know what it is. And you so, think you see right. it. God put a fear of snake in people because it, they're dangerous. So though I don't really, body, I don't really know it. what the punishment of the snake means. To what I do my, understand... My opinion is that he was so arrogant that Hashem said, you know what, now you're going to be on the ground forever and you're going to even eat Yeah, but where do you see the arrogance of the snake? He was very arrogant. To me, it was very arrogant. I was telling the... Oh, you're saying, you're saying it represents, let's say the desire to be God yeah. represents God. Yeah. So his punishment, it's, his arrogance, his desire to be God... Down. You bring it down, you put it on the floor. Okay, it's nice, but but uh, I, I like it. I think I think there's there's merit to it. Um, but there's definitely something to say about the relationship between humans and snakes. It's very deep, very deep within our within our psyche. This relationship we have with snakes, and the fact that the Torah is catching on to that tells you something. Like yeah, that there there's so I, and one of Young's things, one of the interesting things he says is that if you have like a story. It is the stories that are able to touch upon these things that we all share in our, in, our, in our unconscious. Those stories are going to become very popular, which is why the story of Adam and Chava has been so around her, right? Because, because it touches upon, upon these very basic instincts that we have, Everybody. these very basic things we have. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'll put hatred between mankind and between the snake. The snake, you will be biting mankind on the ankle, and they will respond by... I, or they will hit you in the head and then you, they'll, uh, re, you will respond by biting them in the ankle. Another midrashic cute thing, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit less deep than, than the kind of the theory we've been, we've been doing, but I think it's nice to share is that the snake's punishment is that they'll have the dust of the earth for their food. And w w that, that idea is that um, you have unlimited food, so you have no reason to connect to God. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's a, it's a cute idea. It's that it's, that it's almost like a blessing to have to, to work because then it forces you to, to look up to God and ask Him for help. And then that relationship is where you'll, you'll find meaning. And, and that's the connection. That's a, the connection, that's the exactly. connection. But the snake has no connection. doesn't have an opportunity for connection because its food is endless. Which is very nice. It, it swallows anything. Yeah. And it'll swallow, enjoy, it'll it doesn't enjoy food. It just swallows right, it. Right, it just swallows <laughs> it. Uh, uh, I mean, you may want to take it further and say it is the the arrogant pursuit of being like God, which disconnects you from your ability to connect to God. You could go that far also. You could take it. Again, all of these are, are just ideas, and it's up to you to, to kind of employ them, employ them in the story and, and see where they find themselves in the story. Okay, now the woman's punishment. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the woman, I said, Until today, I will greatly, greatly increase your suffering and your birth pain with, with difficulty, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be to your husband, and he will, will dominate you. Next, and to man, he said, 
because you listened to the voice of your wife and you ate from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from it, the land is cursed because of you. You will eat from the land with difficulty all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles will grow for you and you'll have to eat the grass of the field. You will till the soil with the sweat of your brow until you return to the land that you've been taken from because you are dust and you will return to the dust. Uh, Leon, I don't really understand this part, so I'm just going to move to the next, the next <laughs> Okay. Um, so what's going Some on? Some questions that better not answer. So, so what, are, what, are these, what are these punishments? What's, what's interesting about the punishments? Well, in, in a typical family, in a typical family, what is the breakdown of the delegation of tasks within the between the husband between the husband and the wife. Maternal and she's, uh, yeah, the domestic. Woman has to give birth and man has to work. So the man the is the provider for Parnassah yes. Yes. and the woman is the, the mothering side who produces the children. It's almost like like we as men, when we go into marriage, there's like an implicit uh, deal. An there's an understanding we have with the woman that, okay, fine, I will bring the money but you have to give me kids. That's kind of what we're saying. Or on a deeper <laughs> level, I'm going to say it like this. Now listen very closely. On a deeper level, we as men, we go to the woman and we say, I am mortal, but I want to achieve immortality. You have it within you wow, to create immortality. Wow, 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 wow. I will provide from the, the ground with, through difficulty and I will bring the Parnassah, you please give me that mortality. Now, wait. The immortality. The immortality. Now, the woman now turns back and says, you can fare well on this world without the help of any other creature because you can, you're strong enough to, to, to make Parnassah, but while I can provide you immortality for the future, I'm at a, in a much more precarious situation in the here and now. The woman says, I will give you immortality if you help me survive on this planet today. Because the woman won't be able to, to fend for herself in the brutal world that we have, right? The woman doesn't have enough physical strength to be able to fend for herself, and the man does. So the man, with his physical strength and his ability to fend for himself in the world, he goes to the woman and he says, I will take care of you in this world or in this day if you take care of me for the future. Okay, that's the, that's the, the, the dynamic, that's where the delegation of tasks comes from within, between the, the husband and the wife. We, we learned all of this like, about the women, the weakness so on of both women tasks, wars. on both designated tasks, Hashem made it harder for them? No, 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 no. So what's going on no, in the story? What, what's, what's going on? Once, it's not a punishment. It's not, it's not a punishment. It's a consequence. It's, See, once we become human, on once we become human and we become individuals who are concerned with our mortality, all of a sudden we look to the woman and we say, okay, we're both in this together. We need to, we, we need to overcome this issue. So the punishments are consequences of our realization of our mortality and how... They're, again, they're not punishments. That's why we keep using the word punishments. Consequences. These are consequences of our developing minds. Now, notice that an animal... Okay, so one more level of interpretation to, to get you there. Uh, what did we say is, is... What do you call it with the human's ability? Because we have like our, our consciousness, which is separate from our from self. 
that is able to observe the self, we said that the consciousness also has the ability to look into the future. That's called looking into the future. Imagination. 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 The biggest is the biggest. So, so what is the difference between the way animals worry about their parnasa and the way humans do? They don't. Well, animals, they don't. Animals don't have imagination. It's all instinct. So they roam around, they, they get whatever they need, and moment by, they're always in the moment, in yes, a way. It's day by day. It's you, can day. Al- you can almost say, like the animal existence is like living in Gan Eden, yeah. because there's no worry. But now the second you have imagination, and you could start to think about the future, yes. now you have? develop, now you develop an anxiety. Tomorrow. What's going to be tomorrow? You what? develop an anxiety <laughs> for making parnasa. So all of a sudden, the task goes from a more animalistic day-to-day living of just feeding off whatever's around to I actually have to till the soil, I actually have to work the ground and prepare because I don't know what's going to be tomorrow. It's almost like our ability to think about the future in a way makes our lives a little bit more stressful. So it's not so much a punishment like you said. It's not a punishment. It's also... Okay, from now on you're going to realize like it, yeah, You're going to come yeah, to the realization yeah, Exactly, exactly. You're going to come to the realization that, that I have to actually do this work You're going to have responsibility, and, realization yeah, and woman responsibility. Same to, thing, same yeah. to each and his own And actually and through that, I, this is where you go, it goes back to and they're dependent That's when you recognize God the most yeah, because you realize that God was doing all of this for you And protect to provide before, for you Before you realizing that you have to do it for yourself I have to think about that more. <laughs> I mean, look, you, you, could, you could take this and, and yeah. keep applying it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to miss things. There, there are, there's even more to the story. We're, we're just, we're just oh, giving, the first, we're giving the ideas. No, no, we're, we're, we're giving the ideas. And then, and then you... Is no, I'm saying every year... Is there why you kept <laughs> emphasizing physical work? You kept what do you saying mean? physical work. Because it is toil the land. What about... Well... Yeah, because... Listen to me. What you need is physical. Food. Materialistic things are physical. A house, a bed, a room. Right. So, so how do I know that these... That, so, so what are the hints in the text? What are the hints in the text that tell us that these punishments are together? So it says, I will greatly increase your itzivonech. Mm-hmm. Your, itzivo, your, your suffering when you give birth to children. Which represents the, the womanly task of, bearing, of dealing with, the, with our mortality. And that in the man it says... It says, Be'itzavon tochelena. You will eat from the ground. Be'itzavon. The fact that he uses the word Be'itzavon for both of them is telling you that these are sister punishments. And they're both addressing, Itzavon is difficulty and suffering. They're both addressing the same issue. They're both humans' newfound concern with dealing with their mortality. Man, by, man by, by, by working the field, and woman by producing children. And that what's amazing is that even till today, we have that same dynamic between husband and wife. So you take, a, you take this, the Torah from 3,000 years ago, and it predicts the nature of our, relation, of our most fundamental relationship, which is the, the marriage relationship. And I mean, it, it's absolutely brilliant. Like t- find me a, a, a myth from the, the, from, from the Babylonians at the same time that was able to highlight the essential facts about life as well as the story of Adam and Chava is doing. Now what's unfortunate is that people look at these punishments and they never understood them. Consequences. Well, I don't know why these are never taught in school. Why, why are we not taught what these things mean yeah, in why school? Are we calling it, punishment? it took me only 47, 57 years. Okay. Uh, 
You almost, you almost erased a decade. That was... <laughs> I'm younger than you. Well, maybe at three, four years old, I couldn't understand. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. So that, those are the punishments. You have to think more about the punishments because it's whatever. The, I didn't explain it in full, but I want to finish the story now. Um, so then man turns to the wife and he calls her name Chava. Up until now, she had no name. Up until now, he called her Isha because it was taken from him. Now, what is, what is the idea quickly is that when he first... When he first uh, sees her, she's more of just like an outlet for a sexual drive. So then he calls her Isha, she was taken from me. Because my relationship to her is purely for, for myself. But then once he sees that she can bear children, then he sees, wow, she has, she has independent value. And the name and the identity. So then her yes. name goes away from being taken from me to talking about her own independent quality. Chava comes from the word life because she's the bearer of all children. So it's like, it's like Adam's appreciation for women is, is, is growing throughout the story. Uh, one thing I didn't, I didn't mention is that in the story it says, it says your, your desire to the woman, he said your desire will be to your husband and he will rule over you. And what's going on there? It's because in the division of tasks, who is more needy in the current, in the right now? The woman or the man? The woman. The woman. The man is needy in the future for the posterity. The woman is needy right now. So the woman, her desire will be to her husband and he will rule over her because she's the one who is at, who's at, is, has the potential of dying in the here and now. So she kind of has to go by the dictates of the husband. You know, she has to play by his rules. At the end of the day, he can, he can live without having kids. But she can't live without somebody supporting her. Okay. Um, so uh, he calls his name uh, thing and then God makes them clothing of, of skin he makes them clothing of skin and he sends them and, and then and he, he clothes them and the idea there seems uh, until now they were wearing fig leaves now God gives them probably animal hide and it may be the idea is that um, once human beings have completed their development and they've separated themselves from the animal kingdom they now they now use the animal clothing meaning they're, they're, not, they're not like animals, they're wearing animal clothing, meaning they make use of the animals. In a sense, that's like a sign of their rulership over the animal kingdom, yeah. perhaps. This is a great class for singles. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if uh, most singles can appreciate this. Wait, let, let's, uh, let, let's, let's finish. Because they're going to understand it. Now, Hashem says, the man, man has become like one of us to know good and bad, but now he may take from the tree of life and he'll live forever. Let me send him out of the garden. Let me send him out of the garden to work the field that he was taken from there. And he chases Adam out of the garden and he sends him east of Gan Eden. Uh, and sorry, he, he, uh, uh, and he puts on the east of the garden, he puts a Kiruv, Kiruvim, et a Kiruvim, and the, the shimmering sword that's spinning uh, to guard the entrance to the garden. Oh, I only have five minutes to say all of this. No, we do, Rambam knows what it means yeah. and, he, and he explains it. Um, so, so notice that at the, the, the man's punishment uh, was that he would have to work the field and then he's going to return to the field. Which means that even Adam's and Chava's, their desire to become like gods, what's going to be the biggest, the biggest uh, hindrance to their, to their ability to be like gods? It's going to be their mortality. Which is why in part of the punishment, it's that you will work the field your whole life and then you will return to it. In a way, what does that tell you? What does it mean, to serve the field? We spend our lives working the field, metaphorically, trying to get stuff out of the ground to feed our family, and then we end up going into the ground also. So our, the whole life of man is basically just service of the ground, which is, in a, in a metaphoric way, is saying, your whole life, you're going to be serving your animal side. 
the animal side is going to be eating at you and it's going to be eating away at your life. Your soul lives forever, but your animal side is going to die. Wow. And, and that's, that's what all, all of our service of the ground represents. But now, so, but now, that we have, now that we have free will and we have our independence of thought and we could think as humans, then all of a sudden, what is the sum, number one thing that separates us and makes us human and not godly? Again, it's our mortality. Only now does the tree of life become relevant. Whenever Adam was an undeveloped animal, again, he had no identity independent of his species. So eating from the tree of life would have, was an irrelevant thing. The, the species is immortal, unless there's mass destruction of the species, but that's not happening when the Torah is given. But now that he's not anymore like that, and he has an individual life, he understands. All of a sudden, man is going to have a desire to eat from the tree of life. And God says, no, no, no. He cannot become like God to eat from the tree of life. He cannot become like one of us to eat from the tree of life. I have to kick him out of the garden so that he doesn't take from the tree of life. And that's what this ending with the tree of life means. And, and why is it important that man maintains his mortality? Because once you have free will, and we can choose what is going to be the biggest help to right allow decision. us to make the right decisions. It's the knowledge that one day we're not going to be here So if we were living forever, we would say, oh, I'm just going to enjoy myself. There's no meaning to life anyway. What's anyways. the consequences? There's no consequences. But once you know that there is mortality and that we will end up dying one day, make it count. you say, wait, I have to live life meaningfully. Otherwise, it's all pointless. Now, the final element of the story the is that... He, is that so then what does the garden now represent as you're being chased out of the garden? Yeah, what's this garden all about? It's, it's it represents the eternal life. Yes, yeah, right? yes. Maybe you could say the garden represents the next world. In a sense. Okay? So, so the garden represents the eternal life. And then God puts the kiruvim. At the, and I'll finish with this. I won't tell you what the sword means, but I'll tell you what the kiruvim means. Where else in the Torah do you on see the, the kiruvim? On the Aron. And what are the Kiruvim guarding? The Torah. What are they guarding? What are they guarding? The They're guarding the Torah. And the Torah is called in Mishle, uh, the Eitz HaChaim. Yeah. Can you put it all together? The Kiruvim, they guard the Torah and they guard the entrance to the garden. The garden is the eternal life that we as human beings can't achieve. But... But there is a way for us humans to go above our animalistic side to kind of cheat our mortality and get ourselves into the eternal life. And how will that be? How will that be accomplished? Living By living a life of the Torah. It is Give the, us the, kir sword too, the kiruvim, the kiruvim that guard the entrance to the thing, that guard the entrance to the garden, they're also guarding the, ent the entrance to the Torah. And it is only through the Torah that we access the garden and then, and then we achieve real immortality which happens in the next world. It is, we only achieve immortality when we separate ourselves from our animalistic side which is pulling us down into the ground and live a life of the soul. So if we live a life of the soul, that's the real immortality. Then we get into the next world and we live forever. Uh, Sunday, I could start sword. with uh, Again, you the, the sword. Uh, my, my speech, I'm giving a speech downstairs 1.30 on Shabbat. Um, I, to your chagrin. What time? I, it's, it's, it's after Musaf. So in that speech, I'm going to be discussing the sword. That's, that's the, that's the speech. At 1.30 or Esther? Or Esther, or Esther. After Musaf? After in Musaf in the downstairs youth minion. So if you want to hear what the, the, the thing is about, the sword is about. Sunday we do have class. We're going to speak about Kain and Hevel, okay. and then the whole end of Parashat Uh nine. I think I want to do 9.45. 
ברוך אדוני לעולם. אמן ואמן.